What's up, homeworld? Welcome to That Being Said, episode number 77. And for this episode, we're going to take a trip down memory lane, tell some old army stories. Um, My first story is uh, I was stationed in Fort Lewis, Washington, and one of the guys that I work with out there, he pissed hot. But not only did he piss hot, he pissed hot right as a new colonel was coming aboard. So he became a sacrificial lamb real, real quick. I talk about that. And then my second story is the time I hooked up uh, with an ugly chick. I didn't know she was ugly when I met her, but I found out later she was ugly. And then I'll talk about how the shit unfolded from there. So anyway, thank you guys for um, checking me out. Thank you guys for listening. And I hope you enjoy my stories. All right, let's take a quick uh, break and let's get to it. Thanks. What's up, whole world? Welcome to That Being Said, episode number 78. So for this episode, I was thinking to myself, it's been a while since I told some good old-fashioned army stories. So I think I'm going to do that for this episode. I got one or two stories lined up that I'll share, and I hope that you like them. So let's get to it, man. The first story um, takes place in 1999. I was stationed in Fort Lewis, Washington State. Fort Lewis is right outside of Tacoma, for those that don't know. But I'm up there. And one thing about the military, I'm going to say this before I get into the story. Um, When you're in a combat arms unit versus support unit, it's a big difference because the mentality is a little bit different between the two. When I say combat arms, I'm talking about infantry, field artillery, you know, that type of stuff. Um, it's It's a little wilder in the combat arms units. And so they're a little more lenient with some of the stuff you can get away with. But it's always... One or two things that can get you hemmed up really bad, regardless of the unit that you're in. One of those things are um, a DUI, driving under the influence. You get a DUI, it could really, it could, it could be really bad for you. And then also pissing hot. And for those that don't know, is when you have a urinalysis and that shit comes back and you got weed in your system or cocaine or heroin or whatever, you can really get in a lot of trouble for it. And if you're like an E4 or below, it's bad. It's not too bad. You can you might be able to recover from it if they don't kick you out. But if you're like an E6 or above, or you've been in the army for a couple of years, you got a family, this is your career, it can really, really be bad for you. So um, let's get to the story, man. I get to Fort Lewis in January. It's the summertime. It might be June or July. And we got a new colonel. A new colonel coming in and so you know when the new colonel comes everybody's on their p's and q's when he because he wants to come through the barracks he wants to come to see where you work at and the, the morale of the troops and all that shit so you act like everything is all good when the new colonel comes but the thing about the new colonels is usually whoever gets in trouble first is the sacrificial lamb so that the new colonel can tell you he's not bullshitting he's not playing so here we are. It was a guy in my unit. I don't remember his name. All I remember is he was tall as shit. He was like 6'3". Big, tall motherfucker. 
And this motherfucker pissed hot, right? And um, I remember we had the urinalysis, and he pissed hot. And then the colonel, like the full bird colonel, wanted to see him. And I remember, like, he had to see him at, like, 12, like, high noon on some, you know, John Wayne type shit. And so, we're, you know, we at work, and my man is talking all types of shit. Like, man, I ain't worried about that shit. You know what I'm saying? He put his pants on one leg at a time, just like I put my pants on one leg at a time. Whatever he do, I, I ain't really worried about the shit. So what happened was, what, what my man said happened was, he had a party at his house. He didn't smoke any weed, but his wife did. And his wife shotgunned him, which is when, you know, she inhales the weed. And then, you know, they she, she put her lips on his lips and then blew the smoke in his face. And he said, this is the reason why it was weed in his system. Regardless, when he took his urinalysis, the shit came back positive for weed. And so we tell him, like, man, you about to get fucked. He was an E4. He was an E4. He'd been on me about two years. But he's talking a gang and shit. Man, I ain't worried about that shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just talk to this motherfucker man to man. And then whatever punishment he give me, you know, I'm going to take that shit on my chin like a man. He talking a gang and shit. He talked so much shit, I almost believed him. I was like, yeah, you're you right. He do put his pants on one leg at a time, just like you. So it's 11.50. He has to meet this motherfucker at noon. And so we like, all right, bro. You know, we, we fucking with him. Good luck, man. Nice knowing you, man. Can I have the keys to your car when they send your ass home, man? Fucking with him hard. He was talking shit all morning, but the closer it got to noon, I guess the reality started to kick in. Damn, I fucked up. I might be getting ready to get hemmed up. He started getting real quiet. So finally, um, we in the shop, and the colonel's office is across the street, so we all come outside. And <laughs> he's walking across the street. We had a little radio in the shop. The motherfuckers playing uh, Life. Remember that shit from uh, Casey and JoJo? Life, 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 life. I swear to God, that shit came on the radio <laughs> when he was walking across the parking lot. We was like, man, this shit about to go bad. So he goes over to the colonel's office. Everybody's, you know, trying to guess what his punishment's going to be and whatever. I think they're going to just slap him on the wrist. He's a... He's a young guy. He's, he's pretty decent. He's, he has a pretty good PT score. They're they going to take it easy on him. Nah, man. He, it's a new colonel. This motherfucker about to be the example for the whole goddamn battalion. You know what I'm saying? And so he's over there for about 30 minutes. And when he walked over there, he had a little confidence in his step, a little bop in his step. Head was held high. Shoulders was back. Really, he was ready to take whatever the colonel was going to give him. Goes over to the colonel's office. He's in there for about 30 minutes, about 12.30, 12.35. We see a different, <laughs> we see a different person come out of the colonel's office. This motherfucker come back. You ever get a real bad report card and you have to walk home with this motherfucker and you really don't want to go home. You're kicking every rock you can find. You're walking slow. Fuck the world, you know what I'm saying? It was like that, because when he walked over there, it was totally different versus when he came back. So he comes back to the um, you know, to the office where we're working at, and um, we want to know, like, what happened? Now, we're not going to jump on him. We're going to wait, let him composure himself, let him, you know, calm down and shit, and then he'll tell us what happened. So he comes back in the bay, 
We all like, it's all good, bro. We got you back, man. You know, just tell us what happened, bro. He's like, man, them motherfuckers maxed me out, bro. They motherfuckers. I said, what happened? So for those that don't know, when you um, are in the military and you get an Article 15, there's three different types of Article 15s. There is the summarized Article 15, which is more like a slap on the wrist. And then there's the company grade Article 15. This is the one that your company commander gives you. You might get seven days of restriction, seven days extra duty, no big deal. But then there's the field grade Article 15. And this is when you go see the Colonel, full bird Colonel. And when you get maxed out, that's 45 days of extra duty, 45 days of restriction. You can only do the three C's. The three C's, you can go to church, you can go to child, and stay your ass in the company. That's it. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the 45 days of restriction, 45 days of extra duty, and then they can demote you. So they demoted this motherfucker from E4 all the way down to E1. E motherfucking one. That's a big loss in pay when you were E4. It's a big loss in pay if you any rank to get demoted to E1. But the E1 rank is like when you first go to basic training, nine times out of 10, you're an E1. So yeah, man, he got fucked over. So listen, if you're in the military right now, and you think about driving home drunk, smoking that weed, listen to this story, man. Don't do it. It's not worth it. I have got all three Article 15s in my career, but I never got a DUI and I never pissed hot. My, my Article 15s were for destruction of government property, but I'll tell that story in another story. Let me write that down. The Article 15 story. I'll tell you um, <laughs> all the Article 15s I got and I'll break down what happened. I'll give you my, uh, my take on them and my opinion on them and I'll tell you if I thought it was all bullshit. I'll tell you the story and then you tell me if you thought I was right or wrong. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my first story tonight and I hope that you enjoyed it. We're going to tell one more and that'll wrap, up, that'll wrap up this podcast. But I hope you enjoyed the story. Let's take a quick break and then move on to our next story. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in about 30 seconds. What's up, whole world? Welcome back to That Being Said, episode number 77. We're going to continue to move on my um, military story uh, path of storytelling tonight. So I hope that you enjoyed the first story. Let's get into the second story. This story takes place 1999. I'm stationed in Hanau, Germany. Um, I'm probably 20, 21, something like that. But I'm in Germany. I'm having a ball. And when I was in my 20s, you know, I went to the club like four or five days a week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, I was in some my club. And then Sunday was my recovery day to get ready for work. You know what I'm saying? And many a times, you know, I'm leaving the club at like three in the morning and 
I get to the unit. I got my PTs in the car. I'm changing clothes. Like I pull up to the parking lot, change clothes in the car, and then just make formation. You know what I'm saying? Several times. And if you ain't done that shit at least once while you was in the military, especially if you was in Europe, you wasn't doing the right home slice. But um, them was the good old days. That shit was fun. If I did that shit now, at my age now, oh shit, I'll probably die in the car. I don't know. But anyway, um, I'm stationed in Hanau, Germany. There was a city about 15, 20 minutes away. It was called Fliegelhorst. And it was a club at Fliegelhorst that was called the Modern Air Club. And this was not a club that I would frequent, but this particular Saturday night, this is where, you know, my crew was going. This is where my boys was going, and I'm going to roll with the crew. Wherever they're going, that's where I'm going to go to. So the move is we're going to the Modern Air Club tonight. And so we get up in the Modern Air Club. I had a homeboy named Carlos. Carlos, I don't know if he was just mixed. I don't know if this motherfucker was Puerto Rican. He was real pretty. He was like a light-skinned dude with like the green eyes and curly hair and shit. He was real, real fucking attractive to females. And I've never seen this motherfucker with not at least three women around him in all times. If I seen Carlos by himself, he was either at work or he was at the chow hall getting food. Outside of work, in the streets, in them strasses, Carlos had at least three chicks with him at all the time. Carlos was my homeboy. And so one night, this particular Saturday night, we're at the Modern Air Club. And Carlos is on stage, he's on the dance floor. He's got like seven chicks. Carlos is in the middle. And it's like seven chicks in a circle around him. And he's in the middle getting his boogie on and he'll dance with this one for a few minutes and he'll dance with this one for a few minutes. And he's like going in a circle, dancing with all these chicks. And I remember like, I get on stage and I make my way over to where Carlos is at. I'm like, Carlos, what's up, dog? Share the love, dog, let me get, let me get one of them, dog, what's up? I'm halfway bullshitting, but I'm halfway for real. And Carlos is like, yo, take the one in the blue dress. I'm like, hell yeah. So as soon as he said it, the chick in the blue dress, she peels off, comes over to where I'm at, and we get my boogie on. Now it's dark. I'm hella drunk. I don't remember what she looked like. I did remember, however, the outfit she had on. She had this blue dress on. It was like a satin, real thin material with the spaghetti strap shit on. And I remember... The body was banging. Like you tell she, you know, she she had a shape. But you ever been in the club and you dance with somebody and the lights is dark and you're drinking a little bit and then you don't really know what you're dealing with till the lights come on at the end of the night. You're like, God damn, what the fuck? So that that was kind of like this situation. I'm dancing with her, it's all good. We're kicking it. For the life of me, I did not remember what she looked like. So we did talk a little bit and we did exchange numbers and so the plan was you know um we're gonna set something up for next weekend so i call her this is saturday night she gives me the number i call her like wednesday because you know the rule is like you can't call sunday you can't call monday you come across too desperate you know what i'm saying so you wait till you know tuesday wednesday give her a call so wednesday i give her a call and we set it up so the plan is i'm gonna go to her house she lived in Wiesbaden, by the way. And so I'm going to go to her house. 
We're going to eat. She's going to cook. I'm going to eat at her house. And then we're going to hit the eagle's nest. Now, back in the 90s, when I was in, in, in Germany, the eagle's nest, that, that was one of my favorite clubs to go to. So I'm like, I'm like, these body ain't going to the eagle's nest? Shit, it's a win. So, mind you, I don't remember what the girl looks like, right? So, and this is before GPS and all that bullshit. I had to, like, catch the train. I caught the train to Bees Bottom Saturday night. You know, I got my outfit, got some new cologne. I'm ready. I'm ready to kick it. And I remember, like, I went to the house. What I didn't know is she had two roommates. It was three women who lived there. And I didn't know that for some reason until I got to the house. So... I get to the house, Saturday, it's about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. I knock on the door, and this tall, dark-skinned woman answers the door with curly hair, and she is beautiful. I'm like, hell motherfucking yeah. Jackpot! I'm like, Nardos, what's up? Her name was Nardos. She's like, nope, I'm Anna. Nardos is in the house. I'm like, oh, shit. So... Uh, Anna takes my hand and she walks me in the house and I go in the house she takes me to the living room and I sit on the couch and so another um, girl comes out the back room light skin green eyes yams y'all know what the yams is I mean this was I'm like jackpot god damn like she was the first girl to open the door was beautiful the girl that came down the hallway when I was sitting on the couch, she was prettier than the girl that opened the door, which was hard. I mean, goddamn, I'm like, I done hit the motherfucking jackpot. And I'm like, Nardos, what's up? She's like, nah, 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 my name is Mika. I'm like, Mika? And um, I said, well, where is Nardos? She said, Nardos is in the kitchen. She's cooking. So I get up and I walk to where the kitchen's at. When I walk in the kitchen, Nardo's back is to me. She's got her face and her body like it's, it's, she's looking at the stove because she's cooking. When I walk in, I'm behind her and I see her from the back. The body was banging. I'm like, jackpot, motherfucker, jackpot. I said, Nardo's. And she turned around. Oh my God. Oh my God, it was so bad. It was so bad. I know you can have eczema and acne on your face at the same goddamn time. She was so ugly. She was so ugly. But I am a team player. I'm an equal opportunist when it comes to giving out this love. At least I was in my 20s. So I'm like, I didn't come train up here. She already cooking. I might as well give me something to eat. And we still can kick it. We still can go to the club. And um, bro, she was so ugly. She was so ugly. She was so ugly. I didn't want nobody to know that I knew her. Like when we got to the club and shit, we like we ate. I think she made some pasta or something. We ate, we watched a movie, and now it's time, it's like one o'clock. One thing about the clubs in Europe is they don't close till like six, seven in the morning. So if you go at like one, two in the morning, you still straight because it's a lot of time to kick it. And we get to the club. I remember going, y'all go inside right quick. I'll catch up with y'all in a minute. Cause I didn't want nobody to see. Now, of course, I'm in my 20s. I don't know no better. Like now, I know how fucked up that sounds and how fucked up that was. But um, I said, yeah, man, y'all go ahead and go in, and I'll catch up with y'all in a minute. But I wanted, I wanted them to go in, and then I wanted to go in and make sure I didn't know nobody, cause I didn't want nobody to see me with this chick. You know what I'm saying? 
anyway, man, we hooked up. You know, um, even though she was ugly, she was still very sweet. And she cooked for me every time that I went to her house. And her, her, her roommates were awesome. So in the end, um, it was all good. It was a good experience. I learned a lot from it. But let me tell you why we split up. I'm going to tell you the reason why we split up, right? So if you're in Europe, and let's say you have a girlfriend or you have a friend or whatever, and you want to buy them a shirt from the PX, or you want to buy them a pair of shoes or a CD or whatever, you can do that. You can do that. But what you can't do is like go in there and buy like 25 pairs of pants and then try to sell them on the economy because... Back in the day, like items like Levi's jeans, you can buy them for like $30 at the PX. But on the economy, that's like the German civilian spot, they sold for like 150 bucks. So if I was to go to the PX, get 25 pairs of Levi's, and then try to sell them motherfuckers on the on the economy, that's illegal. And so I remember one time we was going to the PX, and she gave me a lot of money, like a big ass wad of cash and I said what's this for and she gave me a list and she said I want you to get this for me and it was a bunch of fucking Nikes and it was like the same shit I just said don't do she wanted me to do it like because she was she was a, she was African but she was a German chick she didn't have access to the PX and because I did she wanted me to go in there and buy a gang of shit and then she was gonna try to move it on the outside and I'm like yo I can't do that that's what I should have did was I should have told her, yeah, and then kept the money. But I, I just told her, I can't do that shit. I left her with her note. I left her with her money. I got the fuck out the car, and I made my way. And then we never talked after that. But that was, a, that was a true story. That was a real story. That really, really happened. But, you know, never judge a book by its cover, I guess. I mean, even though she was ugly, she was still cool. But when, I, when it all came, came down, like, I guess the ugly side came out in the end. I don't know how to phrase that shit. But anyway, that's my second story. I think that's my last story tonight. I want to thank you guys for listening. I know it's been a minute since I told a story. I'm going through something with my throat. I went to Ohio in March. I came home with a cold and my voice like never came back. And I'm waiting on the VA. I'm talking to the ear, nose, and throat people. And y'all veterans know how it is, man. The VA be on that bullshit sometimes. Maybe on that Murphy. Maybe on that Murphy, man. But um, anyway, I'm going to wrap this up and call it a night. Thank you guys for listening. One more thing before I go. I recently got news that um, one of my guys I was stationed with in Germany, in Baumholder, I actually deployed with this young man, um, passed away about three days ago. He was uh, driving to California to see his family, and he crashed his car and he lost his life. So I want to take this time to send my condolences and send the rest in peace to Christopher Vallejo. And my thoughts and prayers are with you and your family at this time. That being said, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you guys for listening. God bless and good night.